So, <laughs> how's that? Right. Yeah? Oh, these ones, yeah. Sorry, does anybody know where that, where is that switch? It's in the cupboard. Thank you. It is one of those switches in there, that's it. I think so. Hmm. I knew that I knew this wouldn't be straightforward. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, <laughs> I can't see you. <laughs> now I can't see my notes. <laughs> I wondered how it would be. Anyway. I hope you enjoy sitting in the dark. <laughs> my, my, my intention somehow was having enjoyed sitting in the dark in talks recently. It's like it felt like it could be... You, you you know you can somehow let it be more receptive I don't know so we'll see anyway might put them back on next time <laughs> bear with me I'm trying something a bit different hope it's helpful um, so yeah um, So this evening, and and in preparing the talk, as is often the case for me, is uh, some difficulty with that. <laughs> Today I had the image of chasing peas around a plate. <laughs> so it felt a bit like like all these peas. I keep trying to stab them, and it's not working. So what I did was I turned the fork over, and I brought you in a few peas on the fork. So I hope you get some peas, and that they're somewhat nutritious. <laughs> images and then yeah before I mentioned that the theme I sort of felt like yeah you know that's I don't know if it ever feels like that on retreat for you like you're chasing peas around the plate I don't know, maybe not maybe, <laughs> maybe other images come to mind but you know it just I suppose I thought well maybe that's some kind of a lead into um, uh, just the predicament we find ourselves in in life, you know, on retreat, where it's not going so easily sometimes. And well, what's going on around us, you know, it's just crazy. And I don't know how to respond. End up chasing a few peas around a plate, maybe. But it's, yeah, I guess I often come back to the sense of the Buddha's teachings being oh, this compassionate offering to us as we, you know, uh, 
struggle and meet the challenges in our in our life, the challenges in the world, and the, the challenges in our own minds and hearts. Um, and how we can flounder around looking for you know guidance or trying to decide what to do and uh, there's something about having touchstones to to come back to to um, give some sense of of guidance of orientation within what can feel very chaotic and and uh, sometimes very clear and orderly and <laughs> sometimes not so much and so I want to speak about the um, the precepts actually that we just chanted together after the refuges so I want to offer some reflections on the precepts and part of the intention behind doing that kind of sort of new community forming or so, you know, it's always people coming and going, but this the importance of um, maybe clarifying for ourselves and each other how uh, we we have this commitment to uh, give and receive um, care and respect while we're here. Sense of keeping the precepts as a as a, a gift. It's a real gift to uh, to other people, you know, and um, a sense of we can receive that. Can you receive the gift of the precepts? That's going to be a bit of a theme for the talk. It's, it's the the giving of the gift of the precepts, and and the receiving, and. And you, you know, you're all very well aware that actually, this is uh, not inevitable. You know, to be in the world, um, different places, different situations for different people, there is not safety. There is not care and respect. And so, just the importance and the preciousness of of gathering together with others such as here and you know in other other places in our life I, I sometimes feel like it's the it's I feel like saying go forth and gather <laughs> in you know in care and respect it's like that's Sometimes I feel like you know we talk about how how we take how do we take practice into the world and I'd say go forth and gather, be participate in gatherings of care and respect. You know, it's like let's just really get on with that. Um, and while we're here, um, to let that sense of real sense of that deepen and strengthen and you know perhaps it can even we've been here for a while or we can almost take it a bit for granted or um, maybe also on the other hand on the other side of it we can get a bit sloppy and so to keep so freshening up the c- 
commitment or we chant them twice a week. So again, it's an opportunity maybe to... Hopefully these reflections will... And then somehow the, the chanting will... Then it, you can really maybe bring more a sense of um, interest, you know, exploration, meaning. Again, a bit like following on with what I was doing with the priests, uh, the refuges. How to to really connect, to really let the precepts uh, speak to us, uh, not you know, just as a kind of mechanical exercise or because everyone else is doing it. It's this opportunity again to somehow very explicitly or very sometimes just on that kind of heart, that felt sense level of honouring or really giving our hearts to what we what we most deeply value. You know, and how supportive that is for us on retreat in terms of what we're, you know, we're given then the space and, and we, you know, we can practice. You know, we, we couldn't practice if, if that wasn't there to some degree. So we create together, don't we? we cre- it's, it's actually through our restraint, through our, you know, bearing with, through our... Um, little moments and offerings of generosity and all those lovely moments that happen as well and just that yeah that that we that our our you know, we play an active role in that it, it doesn't happen if we're not participating and I think that's and sometimes it can feel like we're just receiving you know so just that awareness of we're also offering. And uh, we may not be so aware of that somehow, that our goodness of heart is, is really important. It's like it's, it's an offering. It, it's part of what is supporting other people's practices and our own practice. So just, I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but it could, it could be part of sometimes I feel in a, so a retreat situation where there's not really a, such a strong sense of group and it's more like people doing their own thing a bit. That's to really tune into that sense of we're here together and I'm supporting you and you're supporting me. So it can be a really lovely uh, support to our own practice. So um, the Buddha, you know, in different ways, wanted to share just one example of where he uh, shows how our practice is, uh, there's such a holistic vision here of both what is conducive to our own happiness and the the healing and the awakening of our heart and mind and is also what the world needs and what the earth needs. so just wanted to read you away just one uh, expression of, of the, the three parts of the path, the sila, samadhi, panya, the virtue, concentration, and understanding how they, how they kind of support and um, uh, grow each other in, in, our, in, our, in our lives, in our hearts. So he said, 
such is virtue, such is concentration, such is understanding. Concentration fortified with virtue brings great benefits and great fruits. Understanding fortified with concentration brings great benefits and great fruits. The heart fortified with understanding becomes completely liberated from taints, from the taint of sensual desire, the taint of being, the taint of... (laughs) taint of views, (laughs) and the taint of ignorance. So just that sense of how how integrated the path is. It's uh, this wonderful sense of sort of wholesome conditions or feeding and, and supporting each other. So, um, let's see. So I wanted to share perhaps a little bit, again, some other... Um, voices and views on the precepts and um, hopefully in the service of opening it up and and really letting you find your own reflection with this you know it's um letting your heart and mind kind of tune into what it needs to what it wants to pick up on so one person who has done a lot and written a lot in the service of bringing the precepts to to our attention and to really invite us to uh, let it be uh, a primary source of, of inspiration and direction for how to practice the Dharma in our lives and that's Thich Nhat Hanh and I want to share a couple of pieces from um, the way he has expressed these as five mindfulness trainings. So I'm just going to read this. And I think it really, again, in that sense, there's almost a, and I know diff, some different writers and can sort of bring this out as well, of the, the sort of visionary aspect of of the Buddhist teachings and this ethical the way he's he's laid out the path as a yeah as part of a vision um of possibility of you know the what human beings individually and also as groups can can be um yeah what we can what we the potential we have the potential that's that we can grow into. So he says, the five mindfulness trainings represent the Buddhist vision for, for a global spirituality and ethic. They are a concrete expression of the Buddha's teachings on the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. They are a path of right understanding and true love, leading to healing, transformation and happiness for ourselves and for the world. So there's more, but I'll come back a bit later. So part of what's brought out there is this sense of 
the precepts being an expression of wisdom, which I think is really important somehow for our relationship with the precepts, for a kind of, that's almost like, you know, sometimes we think of it as being, well, you know, you, you, you be good and then you meditate and then you get wise and do the right thing, or I don't know, something like <laughs> And I think, you know, to to engage our, our wisdom or wise view and, and actually let that be the soil from which the precepts can kind of grow and flower is, is a really, it's an important perspective because then it's like the precepts, like they, they feel more natural. They feel they're just like expressions of wisdom. They, 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 they kind of make sense. It's not like, okay, I've got to be good now and do this. Like It's more when we have that sense of right view of, of a clear vision of ourselves, of a, a clear and deep sense of our connectedness, our interrelatedness, our oneness and different ways that that sense of non-separation, of uh, non-division can, can be known, experienced and, and then also practiced as a view, as a way of seeing. You know, there's many, many ways of practicing and cultivating that as a whole other talk. But um, I thought one of the one of the teachings I go back to again and again on this, which I think is so beautifully, absolutely nails it and sums it up. And it's actually um, a teaching from Albert Einstein. Which you may know this. It's sort of around. It's definitely one of my one of my top ten quotes. So I hope it resonates for you. But it's really this, it's this um, considering the precepts and consider, you know, what they are in a way uh, calling for and expressing um, of wisdom, you know, of truth. So he says, said, a human being is part of the whole, called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. They experience themselves, their thoughts and feelings, as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of their consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion, to embrace all living creatures and the whole nature in its beauty. So, what happens you know, when we when we can see in that way, when we present in the world with that way of understanding? You know, how how res- responsiveness and care is just natural. It's just flow can can flow. 
but also then like you can you know here in that it's like there's also there's also a task you know of widening the circle there's something there of of action of of you know what we we're called to do called to respond um So, um, I also, I wanted to share with you a, a version of the precepts that um, highlights this sense of there being, uh, you know, when you, the refraining side, the, the, okay, don't go there, you know, lean away from that, sort of, don't, you know, don't go there. And then the, the kind of cultivation side, which is more, yeah, so do this instead, or incline this way. So this, um, I find this, this is, this, this feels very important in, in um, contemplating and taking in the precepts because if it's just the refraining somehow, then there's the energy is like, well, where do I go? You know, it's like, I'm not doing that, but can feel a bit to me like kind of sort of suspended or something so that the cultivation part is really important and as I was contemplating this um, an image came and I don't know it's maybe hopefully helpful but I was thinking of a seaside town I know in England and remembering that at the harbour mouth there's a green light and a red light and I think if you're nautically inclined, you probably know one is port, one is starboard. But you know, in the dark, the, the, so the boat's coming towards port, and there's a green one, and they know to go in between. Otherwise, they're going to run aground or run into the harbour wall. And I thought it's a bit like that. It's like the red light is like, no, no, don't go there, rocks. Huh? Can you steer away? And the green is like, yeah, go, go that way. And somehow, by keeping between those those two, we come into safe harbour. I thought that well, that was very pleasing for me when I thought of that. <laughs> but it, it partly because it felt like there is something where, if we really get into the preset, like maybe another image is like a sail catching the breeze like if it really kind of takes there's a ah there's a kind of peacefulness there's a kind of oh, kind of relief and then if you experience that where you just know it's kind of doing the right thing it's like wise kind response is just happening and it's like oh phew um and maybe that's the fruit of having you know zigzagged a bit and nearly gone into a rock or having actually gone into a rock and then, you know, having to buy another boat. Anyway, you know, those stories it can take a while to get back on the water again sometimes. Um, but the, the middle way, you know, the Buddha talked about this path being the middle way between self-mortification on the one hand, you know, this kind of, come on, you know, get the whip out, you've got to be better and not good enough and you know all this kind of thing asceticism and that whole kind of you know where we we just really down on ourselves and 
and the other side of of the self-indulgence of somehow, oh well, I'll just be kind to myself and do whatever I want. How, you know, how does that, where does that go? <laughs> no, that's not really, it doesn't really work. So, so something about, maybe this is a bit of an incomplete inquiry for me, there's something important about middle way here. Because don't you, you know, sometimes it can happen around the retreat container and sometimes maybe it happens around the precepts where you can get that feeling like it's like, um, you get combative with it or it's like, yeah, they can't tell me what to do, you know. It's like, I'm grown up, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do what I want. Or, you know, a sort of rebellious bit or somehow um, we take on the precepts like these huge rocks and we put them in our rucksack and then we kind of like walk around like really heavy, you know, and weighed down with these shoulds and musts and never good enough. And I know I have that tendency take on the precepts as this sort of great weight of not measuring up. So I, ooh, that's not, that's not what's meant. What's the middle way? What's the middle way? Uh, so to me that's very interesting because it's, it's somewhere, it's not about shoulds and it's not about, you know, just letting it all go into the flow or something. It's middle, some middle way. And um, yeah, so I'd like to actually at this point share of uh, go just probably. How are we doing? I'll read through it fairly slowly, and I'd like to invite you to um, well, a couple of possibilities as you listen. One is just to simply notice as you hear each one. Uh, two side, the two parts of each one. Just notice how that affects you, you know, how the heart has moved to thoughts or feelings that happen. Or, you know, nothing happens. And then the second suggestion, if you like, is to listen to them as if you were receiving a precious gift. So, either way, be fine. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll just listen however you want. <laughs> so this version is um, a mixture of some different, because I'm very interested at, again, the different ways that they can be sort of translated and worded. But I know one key source is uh, Stephanie Kaza, who I think is a teacher, Zen teacher. So thanks to her. Um, so yeah, I'll just I'll just read them slowly, and um, see see what happens. They offer. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from harming living beings 
and to practice compassionate action. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from taking that which is not freely offered and to practice contentment. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from sexual misconduct and to practice responsibility in all my relationships. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from false speech and to practice wise speech and noble silence. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from intoxicants that cloud the mind and to practice caring for my body and mind.
slow, just noticing anything. Sometimes a particular precept or part of a precept particularly speaks to us, or maybe there's just a general sense of the beauty and the nobility of 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 them. I don't know. Hmm. Not sure, many other thoughts, not sure quite where to go now. <laughs> Maybe Maybe I'd like to share just a couple of other um, ways of coming into relationship with with the precepts of of maybe you, something you could pick up and and um, use to to deepen reflection, deepen relationship. Again, it's somehow this sense of how we can. Um, really allow the precepts to to express their wisdom and care in our in our life uh, what we can do to kind of get out of the way perhaps so that can happen and also is this kind of uh, sometimes very helpful to translate to translate or take take a precept and really apply it to something. So I wanted to give just a couple of examples of this. To take just yeah, so so something I came up with and work with for a while recently, um, which it's kind of like taking the medicine of the precept and putting it on a particular, you know, tender bit or wound or something like that. So I undertake the training to meet others in friendship and refrain from letting hostility and fear take the driving seat. So again, that just came out of some kind of, yeah, reflection and was sort of rooted in something particular and kind of felt like it really met and was very helpful um, in helping me kind of go beyond perhaps a certain pattern with a particular person like really kind of using it to again like a beacon or like these two guiding lights to not let um um, to not let hostility be the end of the story. You know, that really don't want, I really don't want that to be the end of the story and to be able to bring this clarity of, of intention uh, into sometimes very, very difficult, very 
um, very stuck places in our minds, so in our in our lives. Very powerful, very can really open open things up in surprising surprising ways. Mm. You, uh, you change a condition, you change sometimes. That's maybe a very important, isn't it? That sense of our actions have effects or our intentional actions or you know can change it can just shifting a view or an attitude and the precepts can kind of help us to to do that that um i think that's in terms of situations in the world and, and in terms of how we relate to our own body and mind So, yeah, translating or mm, directing the, the medicine. Hmm. Hmm. How are we doing? I can't see you. How are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. So, have a silly streak. Maybe I'll share one more one more piece. You can feel free to wiggle in the dark. I can't see <laughs> if you need to shift your posture. So this this yeah, I think I'd like to offer this last thing again in in this in this kind of in in this theme of of how different ways of uh, relating of exploring the precepts and this one involves in the imagination and um again this may work for some people and not for others so if it doesn't work for you um just hope you can let it go in one ear and out the other and no harm happen <laughs> but um i do often find that that the power of the imagination again can be can can uh, bring wisdom that we we can't think our way into no, it's not uh, it's a sort of more intuitive kind of and that what I'm going to share with you I've practiced myself and I uh, found it um, quite productive sometimes so we'll see so if you'd like to join me um, it's very it's probably rather an English thing to do but I decided to invite a precept to tea <laughs> so you might have your own you might take your precept for a milkshake or something I don't know what you Americans do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you decide where you want to take your preset for a special... Anyway, or it might be in your home. But anyway, for me it was... So I chose the first preset that you, you might choose one of the other ones and you can follow along with me now if you want or I'll just go through it and then you can, if you want to take it up, you can go and play with it in your own time. So, imagining, um, for me, it was this sense of a very a grand personage, a kind of a figure of dignity and uh, sort of maybe almost regal and, oh my gosh, I'm this, this great personage figure is coming to tea in my house, so preparing the place, laying some tea and 
a delicacy and and little nervous feelings and thoughts, oh dear. But excited and pleased and looking forward to and so the the great personage arrives and welcome them in, rather feeling rather awed and intimidated, but then come in and sit on the best seat and and offer tea and and delicacy and then just sitting together for a while have a great uh, good fortune to have this honoured guest and as we sit together gradually feel a bit more comfortable, relax a bit, not so nervous and begin to be uh, opened and encouraged by the great kindness and wisdom and and friendliness of this great being. Despite their great wisdom and kind of weightiness, they're so just so kind and they they're sitting being with us in the spirit of care and respect and wanting to help and support us. So then you're spending some time, it might be a conversation, it might be just being together and uh, yeah receiving in that way. So I'm just going to pause for a while, just a little while. See if you, there might be conversation, you might bring some particular trouble or question and just offer and see what the encounter might uh, bring for that. So if you, you know, this could go on a lot longer, but I'm just, there's a sense of kind of playfulness, letting the mind play and just being very receptive. And this encounter might go on for a while and then at some point it will come to an end and there will be a very warm kind of, you know, taking of leave and great feelings of gratitude for, for the time together and uh, as the, the great personage rises to to leave they offer you give you a beautiful little wooden box with a gift inside it's just for you and so you receive this oh, like such deep gratitude wonder and then when you've when your guest has departed and you you go back inside and you sit down with the box and just gently open the box and there inside is a gift that's so surprising, so lovely, so exactly right. And you're so happy to receive that what you need. What 
defined. And maybe it's really clear and something is there and sometimes it's not so clear. So that's fine if there's like nothing there, just close the box and come back later. If there's something there, then just the joy and receiving that, receiving that and taking it into your heart because it's, it's what your heart needs. So just letting, letting that dissolve and I hope that may be helpful for some and just um, really offer these reflections with the wish that uh, each of us find and really take the time, the, the appropriate time and place to um, to, to develop a relationship with these precepts which feel, which can, by, through which we, we give ourselves to them for the benefit of the world and ourselves. And they enter more deeply into our being, into our body, mind, heart. And in that way uh, become part of our healing and awakening. So, thank you for your attention. So let's just sit quietly together for a couple of moments before we do our final chanting.
so we could have the lights back on. Thank you, Diane. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.